an epic end to a trilogy of trilogies. We're talking Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> Cinematic Brotastic. I'm Philip. And I'm Andrew. And we are kicking off season three with 2020. the final act of the Skywalker saga, Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. You can check us out on anchor.fm or you can hit us up at gmail.com, cinematicbrotastic at gmail.com, cinematicbrotastic on Twitter. Where else are we? Instagram, Instagram. <laughs> think, and Facebook, of course. So yeah, just hit us up there. Let us know what you think, and uh, give us an idea of what you think about Star Wars or any of other of our other podcasts. There is a whole history of them. Lots yes. of catching up to do. You can start now. <laughs> Your New Year's resolution: listen to cinematic brotastic. Yes. So. We were thinking about, as we were doing this podcast, we were pointing out or noticing that we haven't done any of the Star Wars films in any of our previous episodes. We we did an offshoot. We did the Solo, a Star Wars story. But, but yeah, as far as the main storyline Star Wars movies go, we haven't done any of them, which is kind of interesting that we haven't done one of them before the final movie in the entire yeah. <laughs> series. I can understand maybe not doing The Force Awakens because I'm not sure. I can't remember exactly when we started doing this. It was around Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. I remember that because that was, I think, one of our first ones. Yeah. And I can't remember off the top of my head which one of those came out first or second. But the thing that weirds me out is that I know we went and saw <laughs> The Last Jedi, and we didn't do one. <laughs> so I'm not sure why we didn't do an episode on that. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I'm with you. I, I think we started after the, the Force Awakens, and why we didn't do The Last Jedi, maybe it was just one of those ones where... You know, we, we tend to have long gaps in between podcasts, so it could have just been one that we overlooked. One that fell by the wayside. For, for unknown reasons, we didn't do any other main storyline Star Wars, so we're kind of excited to finally get a Star Wars episode into our podcast repertoire. And uh, it's it's a good one. It's the, the last of the Skywalker storyline. They don't plan on making any more movies that continue this storyline. There's more movies in the future, but they're going to expand the universe, so to speak, and they're going they're not really going to concentrate on the Skywalker saga going forward. Correct. So yeah, JJ Abrams returns. He did Force Awakens. He kind of revitalized the franchise. So JJ Abrams returns after Ryan Johnson kind of made a divisive sequel to what J.J. Abrams did, and now J.J. Abrams seems to have made an even more divisive uh, sequel to an already divisive sequel. I don't know if I see either film, at least at this point, as divisive films. I'm also jaded when it comes to a Star Wars movie because you put the word Star Wars on it. If it's a Star Wars movie, I'm excited and I can enjoy it 
no matter what. And I can say that and say episode one, Phantom Menace, it's Star Wars. I love it. Mm -hmm. But I can understand, too, in that film, why people can bash on that one, specifically certain characters in that people say were just a terrible addition to it. These or this most recent Star Wars and the previous one, I don't know if I can understand yet necessarily why people say they're divisive. So yeah, the original, tri- the prequel trilogy that came out in the '90s, Episode One, Two, and Three, Phantom Menace, Attack, Attack of the Clones, Attack and the then Clones, Revenge and then of the Sith, Revenge of the Sith. So before Rise of Skywalker came out, I went back to try to watch all the films, and I wasn't able to get The Force Awakens or Rise of Skywalker in there, but I did watch. You mean Last Jedi? Or Last Jedi, yeah. Sorry, but I did watch the other six films and yeah it's the first three or the prequel trilogy it's obviously not as well made as far as like i guess acting or some story elements but it is still yeah like you said it's star wars it has awesome sequences great you know cinematography and you know the pod race scene is still one of the best uh, action race scenes in, in in movies and you know the lightsaber battles of of course are always a, a highlight of these these films um, yeah, and and i might even say that the the lightsaber battles in the the prequel trilogy i think still might be the best out of the series they are definitely faster paced i remember a long time ago someone trying to debate whether darth maul would win or lose to darth vader and I felt like, you know, just by skill alone, I think Darth Maul would knock Darth Vader under the water because the lightsaber battle is, is very slow in right. the original trilogy. But it may it fits the film. But yeah, he's definitely much more <laughs> agile in the prequel trilogy. The divisiveness for me, at least for what's it called? The Last Jedi it's a little difficult for me to figure out if I'm divisive or if I just had a bad experience going into it because I won free tickets to see the last Jedi through a radio contest and they gave me row one seat one. (laughs) (laughs) No, I don't think I knew that. (laughs) So my first viewing of that movie was the worst viewing (laughs) of the film. So that kind of jaded me. To start off with, and then I think I went and saw it with you a second time, and it was much more enjoyable, but I still just had that bad taste in my mouth. <laughs> While watching the film, I'm like, oh yeah, this is good, I like this, but there's just something about it that I have trouble getting behind. Like, I wasn't sad that I didn't rewatch it when I was trying to rewatch all the movies. I was I was more sad that I missed rewatching The Force Awakens. But I was like, no, it's okay. I didn't get the last Jedi. <laughs> I was able to watch the previous eight because I, I actually, not necessarily recently. I mean, the last two, I think, were, were more recent. But I, I actually introduced the New Hope to my kids and then watched Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi, then went back to the prequel trilogy and then stopped before we did Revenge of the Sith. Because I wasn't sure. Because <laughs> that one goes dark. It does. Uh, but finally, ha- had my kids watch that one. So probably over the last, I would say probably year, I've watched the whole series. And then more recently, obviously, watched The uh, Force Awakens and Last Jedi. Because I knew 
with this one, it was going to be the first one that I was going to actually take my kids to, to see a Star Wars movie in theaters. And I was like, they need to see Force Awakens and Last Jedi before they see this one. So those two we did watch more recently, but they did watch the entire, not trilogy, but the entire series up to episode eight. Okay. Before we saw the Rise of Skywalker. Like we said before, J.J. Abrams returns to this one. He closes out the trilogy. And a lot of people... So the thing that I thought was weird is both you and I came out of this film happy. We enjoyed it. But everywhere on the internet, it's just, this is the worst film. This is the worst way to end the trilogy. And just so much... I saw one that was like, your worst fears of Disney taking over Star Wars have finally happened. And I'm like... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The the worst one that I read was somebody... (laughs) Was like saying, basically, this this the point of this movie says it doesn't matter where you come from, if you're like a Rockefeller or if you're a nobody, that all it's going to happen is that you're going to wind up dying alone in a desert. <laughs> and I'm just like, I think they personally might have some issues they need to work out <laughs> before they go see this movie. Well, so I, 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 I didn't think it was that bad. I know you're not going to please everybody and star Wars is definitely one of those ones that has a huge audience. And I mean, you can go back to the, the original trilogy and not every star Wars fan thinks greatly of all of those films. I know there are, there are some people that can't stand return of the Jedi because they can't stand the Ewoks. (laughs) You know, there's, there's something about probably each and every film, you know, the, the Phantom Menace people don't like it because of Jar Jar Binks attack of the clones. Hayden Christensen's acting can't, you know, people can't stand it because of his acting and go. So, you know, there's, there's always going to be something. Yeah. But it seems like there's more to the, the two most recent star Wars films that are getting, I guess, maybe more social media coverage, I guess. So there, there, it's more in our face of this is a divisive movie. This is why. And how could they do this to star Wars? And so because, because of the current nature of social media and, and the internet and how, pretty much everyone's thoughts is almost immediately known that it seems worse with this one is what you're saying versus when the other movies came out, social media didn't exist. Therefore it's not as prevalent. Okay. Right. The only way you could judge a movie back then is how much money did it make in the theater? (laughs) It's the best movie ever. You know, Pretty, pretty much. Yeah. I do know that I was a little disappointed with the last Jedi when Luke throws the lightsaber and they, killed Snoke and there was an issue or there was a sequence that dealt with some characters going to a casino planet that I just kind of felt like was not necessary. And so those three things are kind of the big things that I didn't care for personally, but it's not like I'm thinking the movie's the worst in the world. It made for an interesting take on the film. It just wasn't where I thought it was going to go. So that's my issue, I guess. <laughs> but that's an issue with the previous film. Previous film. So yeah, this but this one I didn't have any issues necessarily. And, you know, a lot of people are saying that they felt like, especially people who were really big supporters of episode eight, that JJ Abrams was just retconning all the bad decisions made by Ryan, by Ryan Johnson. Johnson. And I didn't really feel like that was necessarily the case. And like a big point was in Ryan Johnson's film, The Last Jedi, they point out that Ray's parents are nobody. There's no nothing special about him. 
And then in this one, obviously we find out later that that's obviously not the case. But I didn't feel like that reveal was necessarily a lie. And it was actually done on purpose to try to convince Ray to join Kylo Ren. So he was just basically saying, if I say this, she'll join me. So regardless of whether or not he knew who Ray's parents were, it didn't matter. And that the fact that he said that they were nobody was to convince her to join him in the dark side. Yeah. And I feel the same way because her part of her journey and her path has been trying to figure out who her parents are and him saying that in the last one, like you said, is his way of trying to derail her path. So if this is her focus and this is her goal, if I convince her that her parents were nobody, then that takes away that that motivation. So now I can replace that mode. What I can put in some kind of motivation that leads her to the dark side. So I'm with you. I think when I watched Last Jedi, I thought I thought it was brilliant that they took out Snoke. That Kylo Ren stated, "Your parents are nobody," because so many people from the first movie were like, "Who is Snoke? We need to know more about him. We need we need to know his background. Where is he from?" And then everybody's like. Who is Rey? Is she the long lost daughter of Luke Skywalker? Is she related to Obi-Wan Kenobi? Is she, there was all these fan theories. And I, I loved that Ryan Johnson was like, well, guess what? (laughs) All your theories are for nothing because Snoke, he's dead and her parents, they're nobody. But I always had in the back of my head, I'm like that. I don't know if that's true. I think there's still something there, but I think it was, like I said, coming from the mindset of Kylo Ren is using this as a way to bring her to the dark side. Yeah, I I totally felt that even though they kept saying your parents are nobody, I had a feeling that in this one we were going to find out a big shocker. And, and boy, was, did we was. find out a big shocker. So at some point, they do finally reveal that Ray is Ray Palpatine. And she's the granddaughter of Emperor Palpatine. Who, surprise, surprise, is still alive. <laughs> and <laughs> the dead speak. <laughs> yes. So in the previous movie, they took out Snoke and said, your parents are nobody. Which I said I enjoyed because it just kind of said, all right, all you fan all you fan theories out there, there's no point to them. This one is like, well, guess what? You're going to get your answer. Here's here's where Snoke comes from. And guess what? Here's who her parents are. And, and yeah, I, I didn't see that coming at all. Obviously, from the trailer and the advertising of the movie, you know that Emperor is back because he has there's a evil laugh in it. Yeah, they didn't hide it. So there wasn't a surprise of the Emperor's back. Obviously, there's how did, how is he back? I don't know. And we'll get into that a little bit later in the in the podcast. But yeah, I, I think going back to Last Jedi, it just shows it's not being divisive and retconning what happened in last Jedi. It's, I think it gives even more meaning to the, to what we're, what our mindset or our idea is Kylo Ren, whether he knew the full truth or not, he was, he made the decision to try to convince her, your parents are nobody join the dark side. But as it turns out, yeah, she being related to Palpatine and like I said, yeah, I didn't see that that family lineage being revealed. Yeah. I felt that, you know, obviously the rise of Skywalker means that there's going to be a Skywalker prominent in this, in this film and Luke is dead and the closest, and you know, 
unfortunately Carrie Fisher died, so she probably she I think she was supposed to be the one that rose, but uh, they obviously had to go to different direction because of her death. And so my thought was that maybe you know Kylo Ren would switch over, which he he did, but he wasn't the Skywalker that we're talking about. And so that's who I thought that they were alluding to with the title, but. Um, was that it was that Ray was going to be a Skywalker? No, that Ben Solo would would rise and become the hero of the whole thing. And I guess he kind of did, but yeah, he still saying. he but he didn't survive. <laughs> he he wasn't in the last scene of the film. <laughs> no, but I, I, I don't. Well, you know, we could probably argue. Yeah, but I, I still feel the meaning behind the title is due to Kylo Ren and his changing back over to. Okay. He's he's no longer Kylo Ren. He's now Ben Solo, but in essence, he is a Skywalker because of Carrie Fisher or Princess or Princess, you know, Princess Leia. Yeah, he is a Skywalker, and his turning to back to the good side, I think, is in my head where the rise of Skywalker comes from. But it could be argued that it's Rey because at the very end, she somebody she, asked them her name. She says her name is Rey Skywalker. Rey Skywalker. So maybe it's a dual meaning. So we mentioned how Carrie Fisher had, obviously she passed away before this movie could be filmed. And so they did some things to try to use her character without killing her off or just writing her out. They, I'm not sure, they haven't really divulged exactly what they did, but they they claim that they just used deleted scenes from episode seven and episode eight and just reshot around that. And this is kind of one of the other problems a lot of people have had with this film is that Kelly Marie Tran, who played Rose Tico or Rose Tika, had a significantly reduced screen time as opposed to her role in The Last Jedi. And according to the screenwriters, they wrote a bunch of scenes with her and Princess Leia. But because of just technical difficulties of trying to rehash used footage for a scene that wasn't filmed for that, that not all of those scenes worked. And so they just, just because they were like, this looks horrible. It's not going to work. They <clears> trashed <throat> it. They trashed her, those scenes. And so it reduced her role. But when I went and saw the movie, I didn't necessarily, I, d- I never had a problem with her character from the other, from the last Jedi. I just didn't care for her side mission to the casino planet, but that had nothing to do with her or her character. But I personally wasn't like, I didn't walk out of the theater thinking, Oh man, her role was significantly reduced, but apparently it was like (laughs) two minutes of screen time or something or less. Maybe it it was very little. And I went into it knowing that there was already some fans that had, that had taken to social media and complained about, how her role was reduced. So I went into it knowing. So I kind of expected it or knew that there was a reduced role. Okay. Given the reason though, and I, I've read the same same information that her, a lot of her scenes were with Carrie Fisher and with her passing, obviously that changes. And I understand that. But I also feel they did make her such a big role in the previous film. And I feel she was maybe a love interest for... Finn, like there was uh, not, not necessarily, there was but there was something there. There was something between those characters, and there was even you know it was still in in Rise of Skywalker because when he sees her, you can you can tell he sees her from like a distance, and there's still kind of like a tent. I don't know if it's tension or 
or what. But anyway, there's still obviously a connection between the two of them. And I think they could have done more to put her in there a little bit better. Um, but I understand the reasoning if if your your, your character's main storyline involves a, somebody that passed away and there's no way to, sh- to, to do that without extensive, you know, and they, they didn't want to just recreate her as a computer character. They were using footage before, you know, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Yeah, and... You know, I I saw the argument some people have made about how they weren't really too heartbroken by her lack of presence in this movie, mainly because this is the end of not only a trilogy, but the end cap of nine movies. And up until this point, excluding The Rise of Skywalker, she's only been in one of the last eight films. And so based off of that, I kind of kind of feel that way that. Yes, I, I see your point, and yes, I think they obviously could have done a little bit more because she was a such a prominent character in the last one. But at the same time, she's not the main focus. She's not a Skywalker, and you know they brought back other characters that I I was more excited to see, such as Lando. You know, obviously Chewbacca has been in all of them. Well, not all of them, but the majority of them, and you know Luke coming back as a force ghost. And I kind of was hoping that you would see some of the other uh, previous uh, Jedis show up at some point. They do that kind of with audio, but you know, yeah. I was kind of hoping to see like Qui-Gon and Anakin Skywalker, you know, <laughs> those, those kind of things. I, I thought I, that would have been kind of cool. I think that would have been a nice touch and I, I kind of hope for it too, but I also can understand why they, you know, again, if it, would work for the storyline. I think you do it. If it doesn't work, don't force it. Yeah. But going back to your argument of she's not in this one because she was only in the previous movie, not a major role in the overarching story. You bring in Lando Calrissian. He was introduced in empire strikes back. He was in one movie, but had a pretty decent role in return of the Jedi. That's true. And they brought him back. So it's, I don't know if you can use that argument, but I'm I'll, just I'm just playing devil's advocate right I'll, now. <laughs> I'll, I'll give you that one. Uh, this podcast may be changing names, by the way. <laughs> it won't be cinematic protastic anymore. <laughs> <laughs> what would it change to? Cinematic one-tastic. <laughs> and you've... Witnessed it here on on the air, the, the breaking up of cinematic. It took, just it took three seasons and one episode in the third season. <laughs> it took Star Wars to break us apart. Oh, so divisive. <laughs> <laughs> so, so on to the next one, General the, Hux. Yeah, th- there's a couple little things in this movie that I felt I wanted a little more explanation on or a little more expansion on. And the first one is General Hux. They mentioned that they have somebody on the inside that's... The Rebels. The the Rebels. So and, there's a spy in, in the Empire or the First Order. Yeah. And so it turns out that it's General Hux. And it happens very quickly, the reveal. And then before you know it, his character is taken out. So I'm... And I'm sure maybe it's something that they will expand on. Because Star Wars is something where... If they don't talk about it in the movie, if you want, they're going to talk about it in comic books or books. There's other mediums that they expand on some of these things. And maybe this is something that will, or maybe has already been expanded on. But how long has he been a mole? 
Has he been a mole since Force Awakens? What was his motivation to be a mole? Because he's he's clearly a bad guy. So why would he be working as a mole? So yeah, I I, I guess I can kind of see that, but I do. F- it was kind of quick and seemed kind of out of nowhere. But when he revealed who he was, he said that he didn't care necessarily about them winning. He just didn't want Kylo to win. Like that, it was just straight up workplace aggression or, or whatever, <laughs> a problem in the workplace. And he just didn't want his coworker to succeed in his job. Uh, he didn't want to downplay the first order per se. It was just, he didn't want Kylo. So I kind of believed that and it made sense, but it was kind of just like, what? It kind of came out of nowhere. But there was another thing that a lot of people had an issue with, and we kind of had an, have an issue with it as well. At one point, Finn tries to tell something to Ray, like it's it's important because they're, they're sinking in like the dirt or the quicksand. They're, they're sinking in quicksand. They're about to die, and he is he's like Ray, Ray, I need to tell you something. He goes under. Turns out that they didn't die. It was just a passageway to an underground cavern. And they're like, "What were you going to say? Oh, it's nothing. <laughs> I'll tell you later." But then he doesn't tell him or her. Well, and and, I, and I'm pretty sure. I, I'm pretty sure there's another point in the movie where he tries to say it again. He's like, Ray, I've got something I need to tell you. I can't. Maybe, maybe I, there's I, not. I think I think there is a point, but it's when Poe is with him and he points out that he doesn't want to say it yeah. in front of him. But, but whether he says it multiple times or not, they the movie makes sure to bring attention to he has something to tell Ray. And it's understood by me, at least as the viewer of like, oh, he's got something really important. It's going to be maybe a twist or who knows what it is. And then the movie's over and I was like, wait a minute. (laughs) He never said what it was. We never found out what Poe wanted to tell Ray. Now, in interviews and stuff, I've I've seen J.J. has revealed it or maybe it's in the visual dictionary or something. There's a book that has been published recently that had like a, it's called like a visual dictionary of the last Jedi or the rise of Skywalker. And it had pictures and characters and costumes and props and things like that. But also within it had like timelines of things and just kind of went in more in depth with stuff. And at some point, one of those, either, either either the director or this book revealed that the thing he was dying to tell Ray literally (laughs) was that he is force sensitive, just like she is. (laughs) So I, I don't know, and I don't know why that's such a big deal to not say in front of Poe. I felt that was weird, but I guess they kind of answer that, or at least they make it obvious because something happens. I think Ray is killed before she's healed again, and Finn like stops, like because he, he tell that he, he feels, feels the death or whatever. <laughs> he feels the loss of of life due to the Force. So maybe they thought that that answered the question. I don't know. Yeah, and and if if that truly is the the what he was going to tell her, it still is an issue of like, okay, wh- why would that be something you would want to tell somebody as you're about to die? That yeah. you, you know, I'm force sensitive. Um, and if it if and again, if that's what he was trying to tell her, why wouldn't they have him tell her in the movie? Like then, I said, it's a very small issue. And, and it was a small thing. Very small thing. So now we're finally going to talk about Palpatine's return. The opening crawl, they say the dead speak and he's back. 
from outer space. <laughs> How did he get to where he is in this movie? At this point, I don't know. Again, this is probably something that will be expanded upon in other media or mediums, comic books, book stories and whatnot. But I, I know when I watched the first trailer for this movie and I heard his laugh at the end of it, I personally was excited. I was like, this is going to be cool. They're bringing back Palpatine or the Emperor. Didn't matter that I had no idea how. <laughs> yeah. It's just, this is going to be cool. And yet, a lot of people seem to have that. That's a big issue. Is like, how did he come back? And I feel like it doesn't matter how he came back. Like, that's not the point. The point is, he he did come back. And then people are like, but but how did he do it? And I feel like he answers the question. You may not know the specifics, but he answers it. And it's my one of my favorite lines is the dark side is a pathway to many abilities that some consider to be unnatural. <laughs> he he overemphasizes over the unnatural part. He says it in the third film. Yeah. Third he, episode, he, not third film. Yeah. The last film of the prequel trilogy, he sits down with Anakin before he is turned into Darth Vader, and he tells him the story of Darth Plagueis. Who again? And that we won't go into that because I have no idea who that is. <laughs> but he explains to him that he had the ability to cheat death and cheat, cheat death and create life and do and, a lot of things. That, and that was the whole point of Anakin going to the dark side because he had foreseen the death of, of Palpatine or not Palpatine of Padme, and he wanted to learn how do you cheat death. So the Emperor showing up in this movie tells me. He cheated death. cheated death. <laughs> he had the power to cheat death. Now, how how exactly does he get from the bottom of the Death Star before it explodes? You know, who who knows? And I personally think who cares? <laughs> yeah, exactly. but apparently a lot of people do. I loved that opening sequence, or the, I guess the introduction of the Emperor, and just kind of this. It was just dark. It was decrepit. And and he's like in some kind of floating chair thing. Yeah, he's like floating. He's like he I, can't I walk or something. Yeah, he's not a complete body, but it was just, uh, yeah, I, I just really enjoyed that, the the his character in this movie. And, you know, I just kind of think about, like, in, you know, Christopher Nolan's The Dark Knight, the Joker comes out of nowhere, and he says, like, six different origins of how he became himself. And you don't know if they're true. You don't know if they're not. And they even say somewhere, like, he has no record. They have no record of him in any database or whatever. And he's just this nobody who came out of nowhere. And if I felt like that's kind of what they did here. Is like he Obviously, we know who he is and where he comes from. But where he came from doesn't matter. It's just the fact that he is there. And I, I felt like that was enough. That's, at least that was enough for me. Well, they, they, they just let you know that he's been behind the scenes of everything since the force awakens correct he in some and this is a, this is one area where i'm not sure exactly how the snoke character worked but you know you see multiple i don't know if they're clones yeah there, there's there's some like bodies of snoke so in like these vats of liquid <laughs> so i'm not sure was he just a complete dark force puppet that he had multiple versions, you know, multiple bodies of, was it somehow, was that him with, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know, but they reveal that 
he is the f- the force, <laughs> no pun intended, <laughs> behind Snoke, who turned Ben Solo to the dark side. And obviously, he's aware of who his daughter is, or granddaughter. granddaughter is. And and yeah, just he, he's been in the shadows since he died at the end of Return of the Jedi. And so, yeah, I, I didn't necessarily have uh, a problem with it, but... Yeah, apparently a lot of people did. And and there's a theory right now regarding the Mandalorian. Oh, geez. Have you read that one? No, I haven't. <laughs> and I haven't read like the full details about it, but the theory is in the Mandalorian TV show, obviously somebody is wanting the child or, as everybody knows him, Baby Yoda. It's not Baby Yoda. It is not Yoda, but they haven't revealed the name yet. So for lack of a better name, the Baby Yoda character there's somebody that wants paid the bounty hunters to get this character. And the theory is that it's Palpatine is the person that's behind all that. But like I said, we're very (laughs) early in that series. Who knows? I hope that's not the case, but we will see the, well, that's about the Mandalorian. Not this, <laughs> yeah, so we'll get not. we'll get into it another time. Personally, I felt that this movie, like when it started and ended, I was just like, man, that was a fun movie. I enjoyed every minute of it. I thought that it was done really well. I I wrote down that I I felt like the movie was tight, meaning, and I'm not sure if this is the best way to describe it, but. I didn't feel like that there were any scenes were rushed, but I do note I did notice it moved very briskly sometimes. But it didn't necessarily bother me, and I I knew that it, there was a lot, a lot to cover in this. It just felt like it, it moved pretty well for me, and yeah, unlike the Last Jedi, there weren't any tedious side missions to to a casino plan. I really didn't <laughs> like that part today. That's very interesting. <laughs> I keep I keep bringing up that one aspect of it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should do a podcast on last watch last Jedi and then do a podcast. But yeah, we should do that. I really enjoyed this movie and for me, uh like I said uh, earlier on, it it's the first Star Wars movie that I took my kids to. And watching them at home is one thing. I had a I was I enjoyed introducing them to Star Wars and I introduced them to Star Wars at home. But there's something different about experiencing a Star Wars movie in theaters. And so it, so I had you know my kids with me and, and whatnot. So I was enjoying Star Wars kind of through their eyes, I guess, in a way, which made it even that much more fun. You know, actually having to read the opening crawl to, to my son, Joseph. I just remember, you know, other movies when I was growing up, some of the Star Trek movies, there was subtitles. And I remember whether it was uncle Tom or somebody else had to read stuff for me, you know? So, so going into this, I I had that. And then knowing this was the final film in the Skywalker saga, the trailer made me think that they were going to kill C-3PO. And I was (laughs) like, if you do that, this might be the first star Wars movie that I don't like. C-3PO has, has been one of my favorite characters since the beginning, but the scene in question where he he's like, I want to take one last look at my friends. Once I realized what they were doing and he wasn't dying, but it was still very emotional. Cause I was like, how can you erase C-3PO again? <laughs> yeah. And then I, I loved how they brought him back. Uh, but still it was very emotional. The way that they dealt with Carrie Fisher, 
I thought was very well done. It's unfortunate when you're doing a movie and one of your main actors passes away either before you film or during filming. And they did a great job of incorporating her. And again, when her character dies on screen, I think just knowing, you know, how, how it's kind of a dual meaning because it's her character in the movie passing, but it's also Carrie Fisher passed away and they did such a great job with taking care of that, I think. And again, very emotional. And then that ending scene where Ray goes back to tattooing to where it all started. <laughs> <laughs> again, it was just... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was very you cannot see that he is tearing up right now <laughs> very nostalgic and i think it's just for for me having having loved star wars for as long as i have and it being such a big part of my childhood i think it's the, the nostalgia played a very big role in this one yeah i can see that being the case i didn't grow up with it as you did so i didn't have quite this emotional attachment <laughs> you're like right now uh, like no me. no but i'm not i'm you not don't cry discounting movies, do you <laughs> no, I, I cry in the weirdest points <laughs> i cried when palpatine a google died. a google no, ad kidding. made me cry <laughs> 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 and we'll leave it at that. <laughs> you know I cried because I can't get through the first Star Trek reboot without crying the first five minutes. Because <laughs> my the in that opening, Kirk is being born while his dad is sacrificing himself on the on the starship, and he will never see his son. And at the time, my wife was like eight months pregnant with my first child, <laughs> and so I was just like. But that's a different J.J. Abrams movie. I did think that they're, the way they treated Carrie Fisher was done very well. You can obviously tell there are some times like, okay, this is obviously the back of somebody's head that's not right. Carrie Fisher. <laughs> but obviously, considering the circumstances, you're like, well, I can forgive that because there's not another option they could right. have done. And it, at the end of Rogue One, they had a digital version of Carrie Fisher that just looked god awful and so i'm definitely happy i'm i would prefer seeing the back of janice's head versus uh, <laughs> i don't know who it was versus a stand a, a digital versus a digital yeah and and there is a point where they had a digital version of her but it was very small and not like not like a huge close up of the face like she had a helmet on and stuff and and it was a younger version of the character. I read that they used footage. Yes, yeah, supposedly. Supposedly. Somehow. But I from felt the, like it, I felt like it was digital the first but trilogy. Supposedly. Anyways, but that's beside the point. I I long story short, I, I, I was pleased with how they treated it and and I thought it looked really good. I, I couldn't tell that it wasn't filmed. Chelsea my wife thinks she was like she saw like hands weren't where they were supposed to be or something. <laughs> I, I don't know, but I, I didn't notice that. Well, I mean, you can go watch the uh, the prequel trilogy. <laughs> All three of those movies look fake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they are really bad. I, when I when I watched rewatched them, I was like, goodness gracious, what is up with these <laughs> movies? They're so some of them are just so bad, but. George Lucas had an idea and he went with it. Yeah, I think I think a lot of it had to do with the nostalgia of it. And then I thought it was really cool how they incorporated 
other Jedi from past movies and TV shows at the point where she kind of becomes the last Jedi or becomes the Jedi that she's meant to be. You And I, I don't know if they actually had these actors come back and do new dialogue or not. I think I think they all came back and did, did new one. But um, you heard Liam Neeson as Qui-Gon. You heard Hayden Christensen as Anakin. You heard Luke Skywalker. You heard, I think they, I think they got both Ewan McGregor and Alec Guinness, which yeah. he would have had to have been. They, they, yeah, they did that. They did Ewan McGregor for sure, and then they used the same sound. I, I, I don't know why I noticed this, but they used the same soundbite that they used of Alec Guinness saying "afraid," and then taken out all the parts that don't sound like Ray. So that it sounds like he says Ray. They use that in The Force Awakens for the f- when she grabs the lightsaber and she has that Force dream. Mm-hmm. They use that again in this other Force dream, I guess. But they, they even incorporated, and I and I forgive me because I don't know the actress's name, but uh, the voice of Ahsoka Tana, who mm-hmm. is a prominent character in the Clone Wars cartoon series, yeah. and Freddie Prince Jr., who voices. Kanan, who is a character in the Rebels cartoon series. So they they really did bring, even though we didn't necessarily see Force Ghosts of the cameos we wanted to, Frank Oz was did Yoda and Mm -hmm. and whatnot. So it was cool that they incorporated both film and television and really tying those, you know, it's it's all part of one universe. And then using Luke Skywalker or Mark Hamill and, and Carrie Fisher's as the 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 force ghosts that you see at the end <laughs> it was just good um i i think if you listen to our year end review we 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 did those we did those two podcasts before we had a chance to see the the, the, rise, of the rise of skywalker and i think if we had seen rise of skywalker it definitely would have been I think one of us, if not both of us, would have said Rise of Skywalker as a favorite. Yeah, which is kind of funny because at some point we were like, we mentioned the Rise of Skywalker and we were like, well, we haven't seen it yet. But so it could be the greatest movie or it could be the worst. (laughs) (laughs) And I was editing it after we had seen it. Uh, the Rise of Skywalker, and so I was editing that episode, and I was just laughing like we have no idea, <laughs> we had no idea. But obviously, I think you can tell from the way we're talking about this that it is a, I think a two ticket movie for both of us. Yes, definitely two tickets, if not more. You know, I, yeah. I know we can do less than two. <laughs> can we do more than two? I don't know. I think for for just consistency sake we should probably just go with two so we would definitely love to see this movie again in theaters and i'm pretty sure we'll probably be purchasing this movie when it comes out even though it's on probably going to be on disney plus at some point but you know what if disney plus blows up or you don't want to have the <laughs> or if you don't want to have the uh that was an awkward laugh like a <laughs> or if you don't want to pay for the subscription you can still have have the movie there and if you want you, I think you can pre-order. It's like two hundred and fifty dollars. They're oh, the doing entire, the entire saga as a box set oh, wow. in four K. Don't um, but don't no. get it from Best Buy because they Best Buy ruined a bunch of people with the Marvel saga. Yeah, I heard I read about that. The five hundred dollars some odd Complete saga that was like, and it's limited release, and then there's you know, no more. Oh, you damaged mine. What can I do? But anyways, that's, that's another podcast. But so, what did you think? 
did you hate this movie like everybody else did on the internet or were you one of the few that actually thought this movie was perfect let us know in the comments on facebook on twitter instagram. on anchor.fm instagram leave comments on instagram i think so i don't know bob <laughs> i don't think bob knows the answer either <laughs> so just let us know what you think and uh, we'll carry on this third season of cinematic protastic into this new year of 2020 the year of hindsight the year of barbara wawa <laughs> <laughs> and until next time we'll see you at the movies <laughs> We just fit that in there. <laughs> maybe, maybe this year we'll bring a Transformers movie for us to do an official Transformers. Oh, okay. Um, don't forget to check your ticket stubs. I'm Bob Rawawa. Wow.